0: Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. I'm your co-host Piers Ward and Andy Proudman is in the room. Now, today's podcast, we're really excited to share this one with you because we've just obviously been to California for a month and spent quite a lot of time with Aaron as he was playing on the PJ Tour doing the West Coast Swing and there were some very interesting findings that we saw with Aaron's game and how he was managing himself during those tournaments that can 100% help you with your game. Now, speaking of helping you with your game, you may well have heard of the 30 day golf swing transformation. Now, if you haven't, this is as close as you're gonna get to having in-person lessons with myself and Andy. So basically over 30 days, we are gonna help transform your golf swing with four key lessons and what you'll be doing is you'll download the me and my golf app video your golf swing and you'll be uploading your golf swings every week for feedback from myself and Andy and from also the members of team me and my golf so Andy really looking forward to this one entries do close this Wednesday don't they
1: yeah this is something that probably I would say that I don't think I've been as excited as I have been with this this is probably the most exciting thing that we've ever done online because we know that golfers tend to do the same mistakes. So what we've done is we've created this challenge over 30 days that really are going to break down all the let's say the swing faults that golfers struggle with. And we're going to show you guys how to fix them, give you the right drills. But I think the, the unique part about this is we're going to give you personal feedback on your golf swing and you can view it and and sort of enter our Facebook group, which is going to be amazing. So if you want to get your game ready for the season and really make some great improvements in your golf swing, this is a must do.
0: And we're not sure what we've let ourselves in for here because we were just talking about it before. We know we've had well over 600 people actually register for this already. So it it could be that we're going to do, we could be doing a thousand lessons a week, but you know what? That's what we love doing. So we just got to do it. yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. So look, obviously entries closed. So click the link in the description if you want any, uh, any more information on this. As I say, entries close on Wednesday at midnight. Um, first thing we'll be doing on Thursday is actually doing a, a live webinar and just going through the details of this. But Andy, um, I'm looking outside here in the office at Canuck and this blue skies, the heating's on. It kind of feels and looks like California. But as soon as you step outside... <laughs> I just can't see any palm trees in Canada <laughs> yeah, at the, the moment. Although well, well, I can't see the trees because there's no leaves on them at the moment. But obviously, it was an amazing time whilst we were out in America. And just getting to see Aaron, I think he's made six cuts in a row now on the PJ Tour, even though he didn't play the last round at Pebble Beach, which is just bizarre. Obviously, had a, a top 10 at Torrey Pines, probably our favourite course at the Farmers. I think there were a lot of things that we've learned from Aaron... In this period, but there's definitely some things that we saw and things that we worked with Aaron that can definitely help the people who are listening to this. So there's five sort of key learnings that we got out of this, wasn't it? So what, what was the first thing that was that really stood out for Aaron and that can help the golfers listening to this?
1: Okay, well, I think that the first part that we noticed was when we went to Torrey Pines, um, I mean, Aaron's obviously at the moment in a heavy playing cycle. So he's not having loads of chance to make, let's say, swing changes and really work at his golf swing.
0: And that's something we want at the moment, because there's a few things that we'd like to work at in his golf swing that we can't really get that much time with him, can we?
1: Exactly. So when we saw him at Torrey Pines, it was a matter of going, Well, look, how do we understand where the golf swing's at, where the game's at, and how do we actually get the very most out of what we've currently got? And I think this is key for Anybody who's playing a lot of golf, who's just turning up to maybe a Saturday medal or a Thursday medal and going, right, how do I really get my lowest score today without having to focus on changes? Understanding that there could be some improvements made on the golf swing, but now is not the time. But how do we manage our game in the in the best way we can to really get the golf ball round and just ultimately get the best score possible from what we've got on that? So the first tip, I think the the most important thing, first of all, is understanding where your game's at, but where is your current miss? Is there a current tendency in your swing or in your game? And build that into your plan. So what we noticed with Aaron was that, um, look, I think the first thing to to understand is, look, golf swings change, things change over time. Ball position, posture changes, golf swing tends to change for for a number of different reasons. And Aaron being on the PGA Tour, there was a couple of things that had changed. First thing, his ball position had shifted forward because he'd been playing some higher shots. Now when the ball position has shifted forward, this gets the start line a little more left. So what Aaron was doing was his tendency was a miss left. So he, some of the draws that he was playing were starting online and missing left and some of the fades that he that he was hitting were maybe overfading a little bit as well. So first of all it was he he wasn't aware of that. So we made him aware of that and said, "Well, look, your ball position's a little on the forward side, that's okay. But you're, if you wanna draw the golf ball, there's a tendency to, to it, it's gonna miss left. And if you fade the golf ball, there's a tendency that it's gonna miss right. So all we did with him that week was like, okay, well, let's just put that into your plan. If you've got a tight left flag with danger, onto the danger on the left, well, maybe we're not gonna be as aggressive on the line. Maybe you're gonna give yourself five yards to the right of your, your normal spot to allow for that left miss, which means that actually you've got a better chance of hitting the green and still a better chance of accessing that flag. So I think the number one first tip really is just understand where you're at, where's the current miss, and then build that into your plan. Again, same with him. If he had, if he wanted to play a fade, okay, well, he maybe wanted to start that five yards left of where he was originally doing it. So it was just going, well, where's my current game at? What's tending to happen on the draws, the fades, the straights? Now I'm going to allow for that when I'm choosing my, my landing spots and targets and bearing in mind some of the flags that you might not go for and, and things like that. So the key thing is work out what that tendency is and build it into your strategy and build it into your plan. You don't have to play that perfect shot all the time. And, you know, sometimes leave the swing alone. We didn't talk swing, even though there was some things we wanted to change with him. It was like, let's leave it alone because it's not going to help him.
0: Yeah. I think that's key. Like Andy just said, the understanding where the misses are is, is just crucial. I had a few things I was going to say, but Andy, you said them all, so it doesn't really, no point in me talking anymore. Okay, well, let, you know what? let's
1: let's get on to the next one then. Let's pass this one back over to you. Second tip, which is, um, again, obviously really good. Again, all these really are so important for just getting the most out of your game, aren't they? Just re- like for the lower scores, I think everyone listen listening to this
0: applies these they will shoot lower scores yeah definitely I mean look so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll say it word for word on what we've got here so don't try something that you have not practiced or that you are struggling with so if we think of it this way how many times have you st- think of it this way if you've stood on the range and you fit 20 balls and every single one has faded and then you go on the golf course and then you try and hit a draw because it's a dog leg left off the first. Nobody tries that, Pierce. None of the amateurs <laughs> listening to this are <laughs> trying to play a draw on the golf course. It, it, it is. If you think about that, when your success rate of hitting a draw, now you may have hit the odd pull draw on the range, but that wasn't a proper draw. So I think that the, the key with this is understanding, and this is something that all the best players I think are really good at, They're very good at understanding what they can and what they can't do. And I think as an amateur golfer, if you can understand what you can't do so that when you play golf, you don't try and do it. So you don't try and play a draw off the first tee. I think you're going to be in a lot better control on the golf course. By all means, then you can go to the driving range and work at playing a draw. But if there's a specific shot in your game that you just can't play, do not try and play it on the golf course and it might be that it might be even a flop shot for example that you know you know well you've got a shot where you've got five five paces from between the bunker and the flag and it's it's all downhill and you go I need to play a flop shot here well if you haven't practiced it don't play the flop shot and actually just play it pitch it onto the green, and let it run 30 feet past the flag. And even to the point where that's something that Aaron was actually doing a lot because he never used to use more than 56 degrees of loft and he never really used to open the face. So we can actually use Aaron for this instance and he would actually play shots that he was limited in what he could actually do. But obviously now he, he can play that flop shot. But I think just understanding what you can do Great, you can do that on the golf course, but what you can't do, don't try and do it on the golf course. Just actually work at doing it when you're on the driving range, and then see if you can take it onto the yeah, golf course.
1: Practice, you know, make sure that you practice it before you put it into play. Certainly, if you're in a competitive situation as well.
0: And 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 here's here's my way to do this. Really, we say go and practice it on the on the driving range. Actually, the best place to go and practice it is on that first hole if it's a dog leg left, and you just try and practice hitting a draw. Now that probably means you going out and playing golf by yourself. I think playing golf by yourself is the biggest way to improve. And that's what I keep telling myself. And and no one wants to play with me when I was a junior at Oxley Park. (laughs) But no, seriously, if you can get on the golf course, that is where you can actually learn. That's the environment where you play. So why should you not train there as well?
1: Okay, let's get into the third one then. So this one is, um, again, almost linked to tip number one. And this is, look, practice different ball flights and shots so you can identify the strong and weak areas of your game. So we do a, a, a game called the nine shot drill, which is medium, low and high, and then it's straight, draw and fade. And really just to see how easy these are to access for you. So if you're on the range and you wanna you know, have a, an experiment and just seeing, playing different shots, low, low fade, low draw, low straight, and then obviously all the other ones as well, you're gonna start to identify which ones are easier to play. And this is something that again, that we did with Aaron in terms of just understanding things, the fade and the, and the neutral were fairly easy to play, but the draw was a little harder because it was harder to start right and draw it back. So it was like, well, okay, well, look, if that's your tendency, if you're not, let's just, if you can't, let's say access that draw um, or you can't access that fade, well, if you're going on the course in, in half an hour, don't try and play that draw, don't try and do something that's really difficult, but if the fade is really easy for you, and the neutral shots really easy for you, then stick with that, go and play that shot. Even if it's a flag that's took left that let's say suits a draw, just hit a more neutral shot at the middle of the green and just put it into into your practice. So the great thing about this is like you say, you do it on the range, you understand what you're good at, you understand what you're weak at, and then you go on the course and go, well, look, the stuff that I'm weak at, I'm not gonna experiment with today until I feel confident and have that dialed in, I'm not gonna use it. So play to your strengths, play to what you can access. If you're struggling to access a certain shot, if you're struggling to do that low one or if you're struggling to do a high one, whatever it is, don't put it into play unless you've really worked at it and you feel comfortable. Just play, it's it's linked, very much linked to that first one. But this one's tied down to the practice to help you identify what you, what you can access easily really. And that was certainly something for Aaron. He didn't play many draws that week um, because it was a little harder. Um, but it was highlighted some of the other things that he needed to put into practice to go, okay, I need to work at this, so I have got access. Because when you can access all the ball flights, certainly for a better player, it gives you more options to to score lower. But there's certain times when you just go, I'm leaving that alone for for
0: a bit, really. We're three tips in, and we've used the word understand about 58 times. Understand. But that's actually massively important. Self-awareness, isn't it? isn't it? Self-awareness for the golfer is huge. And that is again one of the top traits for us that we see with the best players in the world when we speak to Rory, DJ, they're massively aware of what they can and they can't do. And
1: when we talk about that as well, it's a good point because Aaron wasn't aware. No. You know, Aaron's no. a top 100 yeah, player in the world point, yeah. and he wasn't aware of what was going on. So all all we did was go, okay, this is what's going on. This is why and it was like, oh great, now I can now I can build that into my plan. So if you if you start to heighten that awareness in your practice by doing something like the nine shot drill and paying attention to the ball flights and where they're starting and what's going on, then you're gonna have that awareness to to put into your game.
0: By the way, Aaron has lots of awareness in other areas, that's for sure. And just one last point for me on the nine shot drill, you may be listening to this and go, Well, this sounds like a real elite level thing to do, not try and hit nine shots, different flights and heights. Um no, not at all. Do this now. If you've been playing the game for a couple of months, just go out there and have a go at it and see which ones you are good at. You know, make you know, draw a little grid on a piece of paper and say and actually tick off the ones that you're good at and the ones that you may want to work at. And you can definitely find out so you just find out a lot of information about yourself.
1: How many straight shots?
0: How many straight shots do we hit on the golf course?
1: <laughs> I can't remember last time we hit a straight hot. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is A lot of us are trying to play straight golf, aren't we? (laughs) Piers is laughing now, he's gone, gone. (laughs) he's gone. Um, We're all all trying to play straight golf, but if you think on the golf course, how many straight shots do you hit? So try and play some curve, try and play some fades, try and play some draws. It really helps you create some awareness on on the club face and your path. And it's just a brilliant thing to do for for any type of golfer
0: yeah you you put any golfer on the range a a top level golfer and say hit me a draw great no problem Hit a fade, great no problem hit me a straight shot they go okay that's the hardest one and that's the one we're all striving for and it's it's just strange isn't it that we curve is good i mean look again think of temp in bowling you curve it when you go on there because you've just got more consistency in the in repeating it okay so fourth tip so (laughs) this is a really interesting one because We turned up at Riviera, so that was the last tournament that we saw Aaron in, and obviously he made the cut, and he he did okay, he did okay. Game wasn't totally on point, but the golf course there, I mean, Joaquin Neiman, I mean, that was just frightening what he did the first three days and just sort of held on, I suppose, for the last day. But the golf course there, the fairways were tight. The rough wasn't particularly long, but the greens were small and fast and extremely slopey. So, you could hit the fairway on the right hand side and it could be totally the wrong place to come in from. You were better off being in the left on the rough, left hand side in the rough because of just the line you would get into the flag. So, basically, what we're talking about this one was ignoring your playing partners and sticking to your own game plan. And the reason for this is the 10th hole at Riviera, 315 yards. You kind of turn up there and you look at the 10th hole, 315 yards. You look at it and go, that oh, looks okay. There's a bunker on the right, just short, but there's a bunker on the left that they may have to carry at 250. But this is like a, it's a gimme hole, surely. And then I think later that night, I looked on the PJ Tour Instagram account and it reminded me of this hole I'm going oh my goodness I now remember this hole this is a it's a disaster hole for a lot of golfers so you basically you will it's 8 yards wide the green isn't it slopes heavily from right to left and there's a bunker on the right so the only place you can miss this green is pin high or big left and that's only if the flag isn't back right So basically you were seeing golfers having double bogeys, triple bogeys on this hole because they were hitting it in the bunker, greenside bunker, and then hitting it into the other bunker and then hitting it into the other bunker. So it was a a hole thought with danger. And Andy, uh, Andy, Andy, you're over there, aren't you? Aaron, Aaron was very strong in his will that everyone he played with actually went and hit driver, carried it over the 250 bunker on the left and was trying to play in from there. But he only hit a 220 club off the tee short of the bunker and was obviously leaving himself about 100 yards, 90 yards, anywhere between that. And he actually birded it two out of four times and parred at the other two and actually missed a short putt, I think, maybe about an eight-footer, I think it was, on the Sunday for birdie. Otherwise, that would have been three birdies. So basically what he did was he had the strength of mind and and will really to ignore his playing partners who are hitting drivers and trying to knock it on the green, the front edge, and, and maybe get a chance at a sniff at an eagle where he goes, you know what? No, I just trust. I trust my wedge game. I trust the fact that I can hit it two twenty off the tee and then just wedge it in there. And that takes that takes a lot of strength, doesn't it, Andy? Because how often have, have you seen amateur golfers? You know, the first guy hits it down the fairway quite long, and the next three get revved up by that and try and hit it past him, and just yeah, no well, regard well, look, look, to their own game. We do it.
1: I still do it every yeah. now and again. You know, if you're playing on a, a game, of, you're playing a game of golf, and you step on a par four, and you see. You look at what your playing partners do and your playing partner picks his driver out. You go, well, okay, he's hitting driver, so I'll hit driver. So you just get influenced easily by the people who you're playing with. Instead of just going, well, what do I see? Can I hit a four iron? Can I hit a two iron in play? You Understanding your own game, but just almost going, well, I don't care what other people do. I've got to be focused on what my game is and what I feel I can do to, to get the best out of it. It does take a lot of strength and courage because if your mates are it in driver and then you pull a two iron out and your mates go, oh, what are you doing? It laying up, you know. But ultimately, if you want to shoot your lower scores, it's such a great thing to be able to do to just disregard anybody else's game and say, I'm playing my own game. I feel that if I hit it into this point, I don't think many people would have done what Aaron did that week. Actually, think. in terms of laid up, um, and I think That'd I would, be... I would say a lot of people that week. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but two under par for those four hot, yeah. for those four holes that he played, I think would probably be up there with the majority of them. So um, I think it's a, it's a it's a great thing. You step on that first tee or whatever it is when you're playing partners, figure out what club is,
0: is right for you, not necessarily just do what everybody else does. And I think if we, if we took this a little bit further, you could actually go to the point where you could say, let's ignore the ego as well. So I think you'll find a lot of the play, even some of the the players last, uh, last week at Riviera, a hitting driver because they're going, it's 350 I yards, should hit I should be hitting yeah, driver exactly. here. So, so it's, it's like you're standing there now and you've got 230 yards to the green and you know you can reach it with your best three-wood. And you're going, well, I should hit three-wood here. But think about it. if you, What's the chances of you hitting your best three-wood out of 10? Maybe not that many. And then if you don't quite get it right, you're going to be left with a 30 or 40-yard or even a 50-yard shot, which is tricky. Whereas actually, why don't you back yourself to hit a wedge and then another wedge, and then you, you'll probably find that you'll score better consistently doing it that way. And obviously, Aaron backed himself to to play well from 90 yards to 100 yards. Stuck to his own game plan. Stuck to his game plan. Right, okay, fifth tip, Andy. What, what are, we are we talking about in this? Okay, this is uh, this is probably one of my
1: favourites, actually, um, because I'll, I'll, let me read out the tip, actually, and this is your start does not determine your round. And the reason, and again, this is all from, look, you'll be, re- you'll be able to relate to this. And the first round at Torrey Pines with Aaron, Um, You know, big event, PGA Tour event, Farmers Insurance. He is three over after five. Now, three over after five. Now, for a, you know... On the easy course. On the easier golf course, yeah. yeah. Um, Now, for a professional golfer, that's obviously a bad start. But how often do we start bad just on the golf course and we go, oh, God, that's it. That's it. My game's done now. It's like I've got off to a bad start. It's not going to be my day. And often we let the start... Dictate our round to the point where we sometimes go, Oh, if I can just get a good uh, score down the first, you know, my rest, the rest of my round is going to be fine. If I can just start well, I know I'm going to have a good day.
0: I, I have a question, quick, sorry, interrupting. I have a question. Have you ever said to yourself, and you've missed a put on the first green, it's not my day today on the greens? On the first green. Oh God, I mean, I, mean I hear that so often. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, oh, it's just not my day today. And, you know, you've got to be careful of the language you use, which is probably another podcast, but. It, I think it's just a, it's something that we can learn from because, I think what happened there. Let's just talk about Aaron's round. He was three over after five, which is tough. Again, mentally, you're going, "Oh, this is not a so great start." Really us, yeah. yeah, in a PGA Tour event, you're going, "Right, I want, I, I want to get off to a good start." But then he proceeded to the back ten. He shot seven under par for the back ten, and I think he was, I think he was five, he finished five under basically. So from I mean that shows. First of all, it shows the mental character and the strength that he has to go. I can turn this around. He's not going. Okay, it's not my day today. I'm giving up. You know, and going down a spiral of negativity. He's kept with it and and be patient and gone. Right, come on, let's see what I can do. But golf's just a weird game as well. I mean, look, how many times have you have you got? You've had a really dodgy front nine, and then you've gone. Oh God, it's just it's just gone. And then you turned it around and you've gone, wow, actually, I, I didn't realize that I could turn it around there. And you've pulled something from around. So I think what, you, what you've got to think about with golf is that anything could happen. If you make three bogeys in a row, you could then make three birdies in a row. You just do not know what's around the corner. So you have to stay with it. You have to stay patient and understand and believe that some great things can happen and could happen until the end. You've got to keep going until the end. And I think the the flip side of this as well because we talked about this yesterday it it works both ways because I think it was the first day at Genesis with Aaron AT&T. AT&T. AT and uh, T oh yeah yeah AT T he um he went birdie birdie or birdie eagle I think he did what birdie. birdie eagle birdie or something like uh, it yeah I think it, e- eagle eagle birdie birdie okay so he's four under after, four, after, four after three holes and then And then then he had a few bogeys. So it was like, then he ended up making a few bogeys, getting back to level par or whatever it was. So we're saying that if you get off to a bad start, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be a bad round. If you get off to an amazing start, it doesn't mean that you're gonna have an amazing round. So it's almost just staying neutral and not getting ahead of yourself on both sides of the coin. If you think it's gonna be your day when you've just gone birdie or eagle birdie birdie, don't get too ahead of yourself. Just take each shot as it comes because anything can happen. That's what we've got to remember. Whether it's good Jeez. or whether it's bad, anything can happen well, in this game.
0: It, we got a bit carried away when we were looking at that. And actually, it was quite funny. We were on the driving range and a guy came over and said, I've got a bet on your man. And I'm like, have you seen how he started? He went, yeah. And he showed us the bet and he was, he was going to win a ridiculous amount of money or whatever you think that is I don't know but it was a ridiculous amount of money but yeah I think just just understanding that and and all it was for him then was he just had a he just hit a bad wedge into the next hole and had a bogey and it it just kind of freefalled. I think it just spooked him a little bit so uh, yeah I think understanding that it does work both ways is really important and just understanding that it's 18 holes so it's not one hole, it's not three holes, it's 18 holes. And I always say to golfers that if you have a really bad start, just hit the reset button. And maybe this is worth trying as well. That, uh, And I tried this myself. I think we spoke about this in a previous podcast when I was struggling to break par for the first time. That actually split the round into six rounds of three, so I play the first three holes, and then I would reset the clock and go back to level par after those three holes. So it's kind of it, kind of a a bit of a mental trick you're playing. Rory talked
1: about this recently in a video that we did on YouTube. We were like, "How do you go if it's not going your way?" And he said he was set himself mini goals in the round to go, right, for the next three, I want to be level par or for the next three, I want to be one under par.
0: I think he stole that off me. He stole, you yeah, he, definitely, well I did it off he definitely stole that it. off you.
1: <laughs> but I think it's, it's, a, it's a great message. And I think, look, if, you, if you're if you playing today after listening to this podcast or the weekend, just understand that your start does not determine the end. So whether it's a good start, whether it's a bad start, don't get ahead of yourselves. Keep believe- if it's a bad start, just keep believing that it's possible to turn it around that it is, and if you get off to a good start, don't get ahead of yourself and think, "Oh, it's going to be your best round of golf ever today." Just think to yourself, you know, let's just let's just take one hole as it comes, one shot as it comes, and see what happens at the end of the round. It's so, it's so easy to say; it takes practice. But if you can have the awareness in the moment, and and think of some of the thoughts that you have when you're in these scenarios. Like we still do it. As you mentioned, Pierce, when Aaron was four under after three, we we're there going, oh, it could be a 62 today. <laughs> you know, you get ahead of yourself and then it bites you in the in the bum. Um, so it's just, I think it's having the awareness in these scenarios, but it works both ways. So do not let your start of the round determine the end of your round. I think that's a great message. Yeah, and that is the fifth tip. That's the fifth
0: one. one, yeah. And I think, look, again, just, just recapping what we've just said there, a lot of this, there was no technique involved in this. There was, it was just literally about understanding your game, understanding what you can and can't do and just exploring a little bit and just a few mental cues for you when things are either going badly or if they're going really well as well.
1: Let's just quickly summarize those five tips then. So number one, understand when you're, where your current miss is and build it into your plan. Number two, don't try something that you've not practiced or something that you're struggling with. Number three, practice different ball flights to highlight the strong and weak areas of the game. That nine shot drill is a great one for that. Number four is ignore what your playing partners do. Have the confidence to play your own game. And number five is your start
0: does not determine your round. So believe anything is possible. 18 holes. It's 18 holes. Okay, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, look, one thing I will say, if you do not take part in the 30 day golf swing transformation, you are going to be disappointed because you're going to see all of the people who do really well out of it and posting their success stories. We can't wait to do it. It's probably the most exciting project that me and Andy have done for, I don't know how long, for at least a couple of years. It just feels really good that we are going to be able to help so many people on such a personal level. So don't forget to click the link in the description. Entries close this Wednesday, and it will start on the, I've got a few notes on here. I think it starts on the Yeah, it starts on the 5th of March and it runs to the 3rd of April. So that is how long the 30 days, that's the 30-day window. And look, it's going to be really, really good. we've
1: done a lot of things online in the last 10 years. And this is definitely, for me, the most exciting thing that we've done. So um, if you want to take part and you want to get your game ready for the season, this is definitely a great way for you to do it. Um, and we're going to show you everything you need to do in terms of to to improve your golf swing and the main things that just make a huge difference as well so get registered guys, go and check it out and we look forward to seeing you in our private Facebook group and helping you out so thanks so so much guys remember to screenshot this, tag us in over on uh, Instagram let us know your thoughts on the podcast and uh, we look forward to speaking to you next week
0: see See you soon everyone Stop. stop